Have you been enjoying the shows of the Potluck Podcast Collective and wondering how you can meet your favorite hosts live? Well, you're in luck. The Potluck Podcast Collective is hosting a podcast lounge at the upcoming Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival, where some of your favorite shows, such as Saturday School, They Call Us Bruce, The Collabcast, Fresh Creatives, and more, will be recording their podcast live at the festival. Stay tuned to podcastpotluck.com and our social media handles, as well as the Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival website for more details. You can find their website at festival.vconline.org. We'll be releasing more details soon, but we hope to see you there at the festival. I'm Brian Hu. I'm Ada Singh. And welcome to Saturday School. When your friends are watching Saturday morning cartoons, you're being forced to learn Asian American pop culture history. Welcome back, everyone. This is the last episode of our second season, which covered Asian Americans in love. And we have a pretty epic film that we're ending the season on. The 2014 documentary by Thomas G. Miller called Limited Partnership. It's epic because it basically covers four decades of the gay rights movement through one couple. Richard Adams, who's a Filipino-American, and Tony Sullivan, who is Australian. Richard was living in the United States. Tony was visiting from Australia. They meet at a club. The club is called The Closet. The Closet. So this is the early 70s. They fall in love and they want to spend their lives together. I mean, it's, it's immediate for them. And you could tell by the way they reminisce on that time that it was, it was just love at first sight. And unfortunately, Tony doesn't have a green card. He's traveling around the world at the time. So he has no plans to stay in the United States. It's just, you know, love interferes and all of a sudden your plans change. Exactly. They can't do what straight couples could do, which is get married and apply for permanent residence. Yeah, because at that time, gay marriage was barely a discussion. Until they hear in the news that a clerk at a court in Colorado has decided just to start accepting marriage licenses from gay couples. There was nothing in the Colorado Marriage Code that would prohibit me from issuing a marriage license to two people of the same sex, so I did. On April the 21st, 1975, Richard and I were legally married in Boulder, Colorado. When my brother and Tony started this, it was unheard of. It took a lot of courage because back then nobody had any tolerance. And the nation turns against them. The immigration department denied the visa petition because, quote, you have failed to establish that a bona fide marital relationship can exist between two faggots. They started a deportation hearing against me, and so we then filed suit against the United States. And they become the symbol for uh, not only gay marriage in the United States, but also how that intersects with issues of immigration. Can you get status for your partner if you're gay? Forty years after they met, they're still fighting every single day to be together. What got us through was our need to live for each other. For Saturday School, what we really want to do is look back in history. So sometimes people ask, why don't you cover this comedy? Or why don't you talk about this romance? And for the most part, we really prioritize movies that are older. This was the movie we made an exception for. I've been like waiting for you to watch this movie for years now, it seems like. And uh, this is the first we're talking about it. Yeah. 
still to me, there is none quite with the impact of this one. Like I sit there watching this movie and I've seen it many times now, just in awe of their commitment to each other. We've gotten closer and closer as years pass by. The love I had for him at that moment, I hope everyone has a chance to feel that in life. You think more people would know about them? Why do Asian Americans not know about this story? It changed the course of history. And I would argue like this whole story is about a Filipino American family because Tony is estranged from his family. So he basically gets adopted by Richard's family. It's such a big reason why they can't move anywhere else because the Filipino American family is the support for this couple. Because I know there's always sort of this talk about, you know, I mean, I can speak to it only in terms of the film festival circuit, but <laughs> but just sort of like this idea that when you're at an Asian American film festival, there might not be that much LGBTQ representation. Whereas when you go to the gay festivals, a lot of times there's not as much Asian American representation. And then to know that this pivotal story is that intersection between gay rights and Asian American history. And I don't know, I was reading one of the producers is S. Leo Chang, who's a pretty prominent documentary filmmaker himself. I was reading an interview with Thomas G. Miller, and the director was talking about how Richard and Tony had been approached many, many times because a lot of people wanted to tell their story and make a documentary. One of the reasons he thinks they let them do it was because Richard had an immediate connection with S. Leo Chang. And it's not explicit, but, like, you don't think, <laughs> like, Richard saw a documentary filmmaker who was also Asian-American and trusted him more than maybe, like, all these other people? <laughs> hey, that makes sense to me. Because a lot of times we think about what makes something Asian-American. Is it an Asian-American director? Is it an Asian-American subject? There's lots of answers for that. But for this movie, I don't know. I just feel like the Asian-American influence is undeniable. Yeah, and what's crazy then is that Asian-American film festivals did not play this they movie. They didn't? We played it. And then the Philadelphia Asian American Film Festival played it, and nobody else played it. It played a lot of LGBT film festivals throughout the country. Wow. Okay, so you tell me about your experience playing this movie at the San Diego Asian Film Festival. So Tony Sullivan showed up to our film festival, and he just broke down crying, knowing that the Asian American connection to this story was being acknowledged. And to us, that was such a validating moment of like, that's, that's exactly why we had to play this movie. Not just for him, but like our audiences deserve to know about it. He recognized that as well. Going back to love, I think it's really about not taking love for granted. Yes, yeah. I don't know, like I'm married, but I didn't think that much about, you know, I was like, oh yeah, it sounds like a good thing to do. Yeah, as opposed to like, if we don't get married, we will never see each other again. And Tony talks about how he had a difficult home life. His mother never accepted his homosexuality. He says he didn't know what happiness was until he found Richard. That is so intense, right? <laughs> I know, I know, it's true though, it's true. When they have a setback and um, it turns out Tony's not gonna be able to stay in the country, we're gonna leave together. That's that's just how it is. When they try to get back, then Tony needs to sneak back and basically become an undocumented immigrant. It's also the intersection between being closeted in two sense, like closeted as a gay person, but also closeted as an undocumented person. Yeah. And them having to kind of live in the shadows of both circumstances. We often talk about you know multicultural relationships or, or even like multinational relationships. But here, not only do you have multinational, multicultural, but it's also about a multi-legal relationship where you have people within the same family or within the same coupling 
that have different legal statuses. And that's something that I think a lot of immigrants have to deal with. And we don't often think about this, that there are stories of Asian Americans here in the United States that have people in their family with different legal statuses and how that affects their ability to be a family, or in this case, to be part of a romantic relationship. And I think the greatest way to get people to have empathy for these situations is to tell it through a love story. Yes. And it's because when you're watching this love story, it's like, it's so undeniable. The force in which like we want to root for them inspires us to think more carefully about issues of immigration and of gay marriage. It's like thinking about love as activism. And throughout this season, we haven't really talked about that too much. The political stakes of love. And they embody that so beautifully. Yeah. But it's not that... The love is somehow compromised by activism in the sense that it's become reduced to mere politics. I think it's that the love becomes further awakened and the possibilities of the depths of our love become opened up because of politics. It makes the social politics, the politics that results in people's civil rights being affected, it makes it seem so hateful. The opposite of love. Yeah, it does. But when I was watching this, I was thinking... This should totally be a movie. This should totally be a feature film. This is an epic love story. Like, who doesn't love that? And it's based on a true story. It has all the ingredients. It's basically like the loving story. Loving for gay Americans and Asian Americans. And undocumented communities. It's perfect. It is perfect. They can have a different title for the feature film. Tony and Richard in Love. Yes. <laughs> or instead of Kelly Loves Tony, Richard Loves Tony. Throwback, throwback. Ah, oh, bringing it back, <laughs> episode two. And then this will be the movie that gets Oscar nominations. <laughs> the Oscar won't be so white anymore. <laughs> I actually think that Richard Adams would probably be played by a white guy. No, what do you mean? Hollywood would, of course, turn him into a white guy. No, 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 I'm not talking about Hollywood. Okay. Oh, look. so this is an opportunity for an independent filmmaker to, to do this right. Yeah, like a Moonlight thing. Yeah. I think it's changing. It does not need to be a white guy playing Richard Adams. You discover a new person, like the Crazy Rich Asians people. But they're going through hell to try to pull us off. Are they going through as much hell as Richard Adams and Tony Sullivan went to just to like stay together? I think somebody needs to work on this movie for 40 years. And then we'll feel it. We'll feel it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Saturday School is a proud member of Potluck, a collective of podcasts that features stories and voices from the Asian American community. It's produced by me and Brian. Our logo is by Grace Tallis Lee. Our theme song is courtesy of Rimsky Music and Premium Beat. We have a Tiny Letter newsletter you can sign up for to get lecture notes. Tinyletter.com slash Saturday School Podcast. Or you can tweet us. I'm at Ada Singh, A-D-A-T-S-E-N-G. Brian's at Who's Brian, H-U-S-B-R-I-A-N, and the podcast Twitter handle is Wake Up Sat School. Class dismissed. We hope you enjoyed our second season on Asian American romance, Asian Americans in love. We really enjoyed both sharing movies that we had seen in the past that we loved and also discovering old movies that we didn't even know about. And also hearing from our audience and people who also say things like, oh, I haven't thought about this movie in years, or to say I've never even knew this movie existed. Yeah, or gave us recommendations, even if we didn't end up using them. Just knowing people got excited about the idea of Asian Americans in love was just, you know, it's fun. It's fun to see that version of ourselves on screen, too. Yeah. We're going to take a break to plan our third season. But in the meantime, we might have some bonus episodes. Just because it's summer doesn't mean there aren't classes. 
And the San Diego Asian Film Festival is coming up. Our Spring Showcase is coming up on April 20th to the 27th. We don't have any Asian American romances in our eight-day showcase, but we've got documentaries. We have the new Justin Chan film. So check it out. Love is further aroused by, by the, the possibility that it has political implications. <laughs> As someone that edits these, I feel like you always throw in something like that. <laughs> so should I not? Like something is aroused or you call things pleasurable. Something exploded inside of me. James sent me a, I think it was a tweet or something. He's like, are you serious, Brian? Exploded? <laughs> I shouldn't have said around. I'm like awakened. Maybe awakened is better. <laughs>